Good morning and good evening, wherever you are listening. It's 6 p.m. in the evening here in British summertime in the UK. And this is our very first USA special show. Welcome to Radio Blogging. Yo, yo, what up? This is Lunch Money Lewis. Hey, I'm John Newman. Hey, what's up? This is Fergie Ferg. Woo! Keep this frequency clear. A children's radio blogging show broadcast into homes and schools across the world. Join Pi Corbett, Russell Prue, Ian Rocky, and David Mitchell live each weekday at 9.30 a.m. Online radio live blogging. This is radioblogging.net. And a very, very warm welcome to our show listeners. Thank you so much indeed. First thing is first, we'd love for you to get in contact with us. We are live in the United Kingdom, broadcasting across the planet on our internet radio station. It's radioblogging.net. We've combined very cleverly the best bits of live online internet radio and blogging for some great, some great writing outcomes. There's a team of four of us on the show here. We are all in isolation here because we still have the kind of lockdown that you're experiencing in the United States of America. I haven't left my property for seven weeks now, I have to say, and we're all in our respective studios. So it's time to meet everyone and we'll introduce them to you and take you through the whole process so you can really enjoy it. Uh, who are the? Let's go to our first one. It's Ian rocky we call him the professor he's a head teacher of a primary school here in england ian good evening and welcome to the show thank you so much how exciting is this to be broadcasting internationally across the planet good evening listeners a very very warm welcome indeed to the show wherever you are listening from yes i'm ian rocky head teacher of westwood with eiford primary school which is in a county uh, in the uk called wiltshire um quite a lovely rural county uh, so i do the job of a principal uh, which is the equivalent in the United States. Uh, we also have our own radio station called Westwood Radio, and I'm absolutely delighted to be combining with these three fabulous people who you're going to be listening to tonight, who all bring their respective skill sets to put together a most brilliant literacy show. And with that, I'm going to hand over to Deputy Mitchell. Good evening, David. Uh, good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Uh, my name is uh, David Mitchell, or Deputy Mitchell. There's a long story there. Maybe I'll tell you about that later on. Um, I used to be a head teacher. I now um, work with many schools across across the country over here in England and, and other countries as well. In fact, I came to America to uh, speak about blogging in New York um, a few years ago, which was which was a great adventure for me. Um, yes, we've got a site uh, that you're on at the moment, which you will be given instructions for later on how to uh, use it and how to put your own writing on here. And we've had people from all over the world over the last number of few weeks in the UK where we've been doing this. We've had over 110 countries uh, visit the site. We've had, um, I think, about... Oh, well, well, getting towards half a million hits, I think, and around 40,000 pieces of writing have been submitted into this site. And we have a team of volunteers who help leave comments because we all know about blogging. We can leave comments when we are blogging. We'll talk you through that a bit later on. But the children have loved it. So that's why we're excited to bring you this in America because the children over here have absolutely loved it. Um, so we're really excited about what you may well produce today. And uh, we'll have everything 
uh, here for you and included. And so I think, Russell, if I pass back over to you. Mm, thank you very much. That's good. And we'll introduce the main man in just a second. Now, listeners, you need to listen very carefully to these instructions. The player that's on the main page has the capacity to pop out. And if you follow the instructions, and can click in those square brackets in the top right-hand corner of the orange player. It will pop out of the page and remain floating so that you can move freely around the site. And that means you can continue listening to us if for any reason you close the player by accident there is always a player on every page that you look at just go back there and click on play and because it's live everything you hear is being broadcast in real time and that's why your writing will be seen by us in real time and we can give you live feedback on air and that's why this process works so incredibly well well in the uk we have started broadcasting on the 23rd of march that's when the whole of the country went into lockdown mode and schools kind of semi-closed we can't use the closed word as formally as that because lots of them are still open to provide support for key workers children that need to be looked after in those schools and so lots of them are still open and they desperately desperately needed some form of entertainment that's linked with learning that provided an opportunity for young people to move their understanding and love of literature and we have achieved that the learning is led by the famous Pi Corbett and in the UK we play this jingle. Start the day with a slice of pie. This is radioblogging.net. And a very warm welcome to Pi Corbett. Hello sir. Hello there and I'm I, I normally of course we're doing this in the morning so I normally say I've just had my porridge but of course I haven't had my porridge. Um, so fantastic to be in touch with people in America. One of the things I love about the work that we're doing is that this links everybody around the world. And that if you're a child sitting in wherever in Chicago, that you can post up uh, your blog and get a response from somebody in Australia or somebody here uh, in Europe. Uh, and that brings us all together. Now, I'm not a very technical person, as you know, Russell. So in order to be on the right page, am I right in saying that I look at the very top orange menu that I can see stretching across? And on the left-hand side, just under home, it says Radio Blogging USA. I hover over that. And just below it, it says USA Radio Blogging Live Show, 7th of May. And I'm clicking on that. Is that correct? Is that what I do? Sounds good to me. Okay. Not a lot going on. Oh, yes, it is. My God, I'm in the right place. Hooray. If I scroll down a wee bit, it says USA Wolf Brother Thursday. And we called it Wolf Brother Thursday because we always have a guest author or poet on. And today we've got Michelle Paver, who wrote that fantastic book, Wolf Brother and the uh, uh, and the whole series. And she's got a new book out called um, um, Viper's Daughter, uh, which is fantastic. And she's going to read to us from that. And also there is an interview um, with her. Now, uh, what we do is we always start off with a couple of language games to get us going. So if you're sitting there, uh, ideally, you need a notebook and a pencil with you because there are often little games and activities and you'll be wanting to jot things down as we go along. So whether you're in school or you're at home, Professor Ian Rocky uh, and I will play a couple of games. You listen. And then when you've got the idea, we'll stop. And then there's a brief musical interlude while you play the games at home. So let's crack on, Ian. The first game I've chosen is an alliterative animal alphabet 
with an adjective. So you've got to think of an animal. Obviously, A is going to be something like aardvark or ant, and B mm. is going to be a bear or a badger or a bat or something or other. But you've also got to bung in um, a, um, an adjective um, that alliterates. So you've got to start with the same sound. So I'll, I'll kick off, and we keep going at a brisk pace to see who um, who collapses first of all. Okay, so here we go. A is an amazing ant. B is a beautiful badger. C is a curious cat. D is a dangerous dog. E is an elef- an elegant elephant. F is a fragrant fox. G is a gorgeous gorilla. H is a humorous hyena. I is an indignant iguana. J is a jumping jackdaw. K is a kicking koala. L is a laughing leopard. Um, M is a massive, <laughs> a massive <laughs> moose. I got it. I got it. It's all right. Yeah. N, so you're going. Yeah. N is a napping newt. O is an ostentatious ostrich. <laughs> P is a playful penguin. Um, Q is a quick quokka. R is a red rattlesnake. S is a super serpent. T is a terrifying tiger. U is a unique... A unique unicorn. <laughs> B is a vicious vulture. Uh, R-S-T-U-V-W. W is a weary wombat. X is a xanthic x-ray fish. Ah, oh, you've, been, you've been checking out, haven't you? W-X-Y. Y is a young yak. And Z is a zigzagging zebra. We did rather well with that. First time mm. we did that game, uh, we collapsed on about D or something. <laughs> so we, you get better at it as you go along. So that's the first game. And in a minute, um, there'll be a pause and you can have a go. Now, the whole the, the whole series, of, uh, the Wolf Brother series, those books, uh, they all rely on the relationship between a young boy who discovers a wolf cub. And in, obviously during the books, the wolf cub grows up. And, and wolves exist in packs and they have a very, very strong uh, bond together. They hunt together, they live together, they look out for each other. Uh, and the pack is everything. It's all built around this cl- idea of close friendship. So I thought we'd do my friend. Mm. I would give you. So what what things would you give to somebody else? And we're going to make a list of unusual gifts. We're not going to say something very obvious, like, my friend, I will give you a million pounds. Apart from anything else, I don't have a million pounds to give you. Okay, so here we go. Um, My friend, I would give... So my friend, I would give you the final um, Haribo from the packet. Uh, My friend, I would give you a star from the universe. My friend, I would give you a polished dragon's scale. Uh, my friend, I would give you a key to a magic wardrobe. My friend, I would give you a. Uh, my friend, I would give you the edge of the moon to use as a knife. Oh, beautiful. Uh, my friend, I would give you the bottled scent of a thousand rose petals. Okay, my friend, I would give you. Um, a book that contains every story that has ever been told and every story that is to be told. Lovely. Uh, my friend, I would give you a map to the end of a rainbow. My friend, I would give you an invisibility ring. Uh, my friend, I would give you a golden string from a magic harp. 
my friend, I would give you a feather from a phoenix. Uh, and my friend, I would give you a pair of anti-gravity boots. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. I don't know what I'd do with those. I don't need them. I'm not on the moon. But you can get away with that. Okay, Russell, we've got two games there for everyone to play. An alliterative animal alphabet with an adjective. And my friend, I would give you. Let your mind roam a bit, folks. Give some unusual, very, very special gifts to each other. Do you have a musical interlude for us, Russell? I do indeed. And whilst you're listening to that, uh, listeners and bloggers, please have a go at that activity with anyone that's sitting with you. If you can't do that, just use your pen and paper to write down some of the words. Just those are brilliant games to do. Meanwhile, adults, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email, radioblogging at gmail dot com or you can tweet us at radio blogging we thought you'd like music from the spice girls no good asking us listeners we don't know what it means either hello i'm michelle paver and you're listening to radioblogging.net and the time in new york is just coming up to 16 minutes past one in the afternoon welcome hello and thanks so much for joining us it's good to have your company here's pi corbett hi there okay so um i've just uh, just coming back here now we always like to start our shows with a recording made by uh, one or more of the children one or more of our listeners and we'll come to that at the very end of this uh, show and talk that through where you can record something um to uh, to be played on the show here so um because Michelle Paver is uh, uh, coming onto the show very shortly to read, we thought that we would ask, and we asked some of our English uh, listeners over here, we asked them to pretend that they were a professor and we and set up an interview. So you're now going to hear from, uh, I think we've got two, where um, children are pretending to be a professor. And in order to do this, they've had to do some research into wolves, find out some information, and then with a friend or a parent or a teacher, conduct an interview in role as Professor Know-It-All, being interviewed about wolves and what they found out. What have you got for us, Russell? I've got a couple. They're really good. Eliza is up first. This is radioblogging.net. morning listeners. Today I'm with Dr. W.O. Howells. Doctor, are wolves something that us humans should be scared of? Well, in my opinion, I think that humans are scared of wolves because fairy tales and films make wolves sound like vicious, nasty and violent creatures that roam around at night. Normally, when people think of a wolf, they think of their loud, ear-busting howl at a full moon. Doctor, did you get your name from your love of wolves, or was it just a coincidence? That is besides the point. We are slowly making our way off the topic of wolves. Oh yes, sorry. So, could you tell our listeners some facts about wolves that maybe will make them less scared? Well, they have long snouts and pointed ears on the top of their head. What do they eat? Wolves are carnivores and like to eat moose, deer, elk, bighorn sheep, Bison, squirrels, mice, weasels, foxes, and to add to their diet, apples, pears, berries and melons. Wow, that's a lot of food. 
Thank you, Dr. Howells, for giving us interesting information about wolves. That's all for this morning, and we'll see you at three. Oi! That was my line! And then what we do, listeners, is we comment on them. So how was that, pie? I love that. Uh, I love the fact there are two voices. I think that always makes it a little bit more interesting. And obviously, Eliza had done her research. She got her, uh, her facts absolutely spot on. Nice, clear voice. And she was saying it as if she was somebody who knew a lot about wolves mm. uh, and doing it with some authority. So I thought she had the right voice for it. Fantastic one. Uh, what have we got next? We've got another one, I think. We have we? indeed. This is Finley. He is seven years old. Magnificent wolves. Hello. Today in the studio we have Professor O'Connor, who is here to share his theory that lots of people are mistaken in their belief that wolves are dangerous animals. How long have you been studying wolves, Professor O'Connor? I have been studying them for the last three years of my career and I have discovered that wolves are kind, gentle animals that work together in packs. Why do you think it is then that people fear wolves? I think it is the stories of werewolves which detail the process of humans transforming into dangerous wolves. However, I have not seen any conclusive evidence of werewolves. I think it is best that people stick to the facts. Professor, tell me, what is the most interesting thing that you have learnt about wolves? Wolves are fascinating creatures. Bites from wolves are extremely rare. A wolf would only attack if it was defending its pack. A pack is a group of wolves that live harmoniously together, raising their cubs and gathering food. Thank you so very much for sharing your knowledge and valuable time, Professor O'Connor. I'm sure our listeners really enjoyed hearing it. We don't know whether that was recorded at home with a parent or maybe in school with an adult who's leading the learning, but still pretty good for a seven-year-old lad. I thought it was fantastic. It got some great language in there. I noticed the pack live harmoniously, and he was really getting his mouth around that one because it's a difficult word to say if you're seven years old. Professor O'Connor, Finley, fantastic work, marvellous stuff. So we um, like to have an introduction like that. Um, recorded and sent in by the children we always have two three uh, along those lines and that sets us up for the next part where we meet our author now hopefully you are on the right page folks and you can on the page of wolf brother thursday usa if you scroll down you will see it says activity one and you can see some wolves there howling uh, in the middle of a forest on a little snowy um mound there and just above that there's a orange box a rectangle that says michelle paver response just click once on that and you go into um well it's a rather odd looking um looks like an ancient manuscript to me michelle paver response it says now this is where we're going to respond to our author. So in a moment, Michelle is going to read from her new book, Viper's Daughter, and we're going to give her a response. And to do that, if you look in the bottom right-hand corner, you can see a pink circle with a plus mark on it. Click on that, 
and up comes a little box in the middle of the page it says title that's where you put your name we have to have your name uh, so that we know who you are everything remember is checked everything is moderated um, so nobody can put anything up that's not uh, appropriate and then drop the cursor down where it says write something now I can't write anything yet because I haven't heard Michelle um, reading but the sort of thing that I might be going to write is I might tell her something that I liked either about the part of the story she reads or the way that she reads it it might trigger off a memory or I might talk about feelings or uh, I might quote a little a couple of words from it that I really enjoyed and thought were really well chosen. I might talk about the picture that it, it created inside my mind. I might raise a puzzle and say, I wasn't sure about this bit and it's made me wonder. I might do some prediction, talk about what I think is going to happen next. So it's pretty open, but we like our authors to get a response from our listeners. So, Russell, um, I think we're ready now for the reading. And during the reading and just afterwards, then people can make their responses uh, with the little post-its on what we call the Padlet there. Hello, I'm Michelle Paver, and you're listening to radioblogging.net. Hello, I'm Michelle Paver, and I wrote the Wolf Brother books. And I'm going to read you a bit from my latest, which is called Viper's Daughter. And just to set the scene for you, you don't have to have read the previous books to enjoy Viper's Daughter. And they're all about a boy, a girl, and a wolf battling to survive in the Stone Age. And in, in Viper's Daughter, in the bit I'm going to read from to you, Torak and Wolf are canoeing up the coast. They're looking for Wren. She's the girl and she's gone missing. And they're very far north. And they're about to encounter creatures they've never seen before. Torak swerved to avoid a lump of black ice. And Wolf nearly fell overboard. Torak growled at him to sit, but Wolf ignored him. His eyes were bulging, and he was panting in alarm. To reassure him, Torak stretched and yawned. It didn't work. It had taken a lot to persuade Wolf into the canoe, and he still hated it. He was scared of the sea, and he kept hearing giant fish howling in the deep. Finn Kedin had warned Torak about whales. In summer, they swim close to the shore to scratch their bellies. And if you see seabirds screaming above a patch of sea, stay clear. It means whales are feeding beneath. Twice, a whale had surfaced so close they'd nearly capsized. And a while ago, the wind had done its best to smash them against an iceberg. It was a warning. The far north was telling them to go back to the forest. As the sun didn't set in this strange land, Torak had lost track of the days. He was gripped by the fear that he would never find Wren. He couldn't imagine being without her. Even when they were with others, they had only to exchange a glance across the fire to feel the bond between them. What if that never happened again? He was also sharply aware that while she had prepared for her journey, he had not. He needed warm, seaworthy clothes and a skin boat made of whalebone and seal hide that wouldn't anger the seal mo sea mother. But so far... She hadn't met, he hadn't met anyone to make the trade. He knew people lived here. The ptarmigans, the narwhal and walrus clans, his friends, the white foxes. Where were they all? To make matters worse, his water skin was empty. And though the cliffs scowling down at him were veined with waterfalls, he couldn't find anywhere to land. From a sea cave ahead came a weird, booming roar. 
although from what Torak could make out, there was nothing inside but boulders. What sort of land was this where even boulders roared? Wolf's ears were flat against his skull, his tail clamped between his legs. Uff, he warned. Three of what Torak had thought were boulders lumbered into the sea and swam towards them, spouting spray. They swam fast, a huffing snort off the prow, and a head bobbed up. The creature was covered in warts, and from its pouchy upper lip jutted two sturdy yellow tusks as long as Torak's forearm. Its dark eyes were harder than pebbles. Vinkedin had warned him about walruses too. They don't eat people, but if you get too close, they'll kill. I'm not hunting you, Torak told the walrus. With a grunt, it dived, displaying a mottled bulk twice the size of the canoe as it sank out of sight. Its companions had also vanished. Uneasily, Torak and Wolf peered into the dark green water. The walruses could be anywhere. He hadn't paddled far when they bobbed up again, some distance behind. Rearing above the waves, they stared at Torak until he'd paddled well past their canoe, their cave. By now, he was desperately thirsty, and Wolf's flanks were heaving. They came to a stream crashing down a cliff with a strip of shore beneath. But as Torak paddled towards it, Wolf growled. His hackles were stiff, and he was gazing intently at the cliff top. Torak craned his neck and locked eyes with the biggest ice bear he'd ever seen. She stood high above, her long claws gripping the edge. Her chest and muzzle were stained yellow with blubber, her nose crisscrossed with scars. Her flat black stare never left Torak as she tasted his scent with her dark grey tongue. Clumsily, he paddled backwards. The ice bear shifted from paw to paw seeking a way down to this temptingly easy prey. Two fluffy white cubs appeared either side of her and peered curiously at Torak. Their mother swung her long neck. Obediently, they backed out of sight. Snuffing, licking the air, the bear extended one massive forepaw and clawed for a foothold. Pebbles skittered and bounced. She drew back with a hiss. Too steep. Torak sped off before she changed her mind. Hello, my name's David Armand, and you're listening to radioblogging.net. Okay, so what a beautiful reading. Lovely, crisp, clear voice. So evocative, and I can actually see it happening inside my mind. Uh, edge of the seat stuff from uh, Viper's Daughter, an extract uh, from that as part of the Wolf Brothers series. So what I'm going to do now is write in my response. So uh, remember, it, it, you go to the bottom uh, right-hand corner where you've got the pink circle. Click on that. Up comes a little post-it. And then put your name in at the top where it says title. Drop the cursor down. And I've just been typing in, I love the crisp clear i've got to get a comma in there i love the crisp clear way that you read it was beautiful to listen to and the ice bear so i'm typing this as i'm speaking and the ice bear was really frightening okay um uh, so i've got all of that in and before you post it re-read it because what we found in our first shows 
was that everybody got very excited because they were going to post uh, up their responses and what they did was click you just move the cursor across and you click on the um on the padlet and up it comes saying awaiting approval and mr mitchell deputy mitchell can see everything that's happening and he can see whether or not you're using a capital letter or or a full stop or you've got your commas in there so double check everything read it through make sure it says what you wanted it to say and then you can click up um and mine is now awaiting approval um and um mr mitchell will be reading it through he'll double check that it's okay and uh, somebody called Gemma has already got one up um but Gemma hasn't written anything in it yet so next time Gemma have another go go back down to the pink uh, circle click on there get your name in and now write a response to Michelle's rather wonderful reading uh, the other thing that you all need to know is that in order to see what other people have written you have to refresh the page and when we started this I hadn't got a clue what that meant what it means is go to the very very top of the page where it says radioblogging.net look across and just to the right of that you can see a semicircle with an arrow and if you click on that it refreshes the page and we can see already we've got a good dozen 15 responses coming up izzy i love this locked eyes with the ice bear what an amazing phrase i agree with you absolutely uh sashin I liked how you said the wind did its best. Yes, it sort of brings the wind alive. Love that penny. I like this story, and we'll see if it's in my school library. Do. It's a great series. The first one is called Wolf Brother. Zach, listening to this makes you want to read more of her books. I love Michelle Paver. Me too. Jeremy, I love the way Michelle writes her stories. She's very clever with her words. You're absolutely right, Jeremy. And I think you should get some of those books out of the library uh, and get on with reading them. Bry, the author reads brilliantly. I learned a lot from this. Me too, yes. It must have been terrifying because it's set back in the Stone Age. And of course, uh, some of the creatures uh, that Torak meets, um, he would never have met before. Uh, Bethany, I love how you describe the walruses and how the characters feel. The adjectives are brilliant. I really want to read the book now. Please do. Please do read uh, the book. So we uh, at this stage, we get lots of responses from the uh, children on the Padlet and you can always go back. So if you don't get uh, to enough time to do this, you can go back. The other thing that you can do is, of course, read each other's. And you see that little heart, just click on it um, and up comes, uh, yep, Gemma, I've given you a little, Izzy. I like the phrase sharply aware. I, yep, just double check, nip back, Izzy, double check, because it's very easy to make a little mistake. And you can actually edit these. Just hover the cursor over it. Up comes a funny little grey box. Click on that and it will allow you to um, do a little bit of editing. Okay. If we go back now, folks, to the main page, we're going to do the main activity. We've got our big padlet. We're now back where we can see the wolves howling. If you go just below that, you can click there and that allows you to see the padlet full screen. So now we're going to do some descriptive writing. So again, drop down onto that pink blob, click on it, up comes your little post-it title, it says. I put my name there. Remember to put your name there. We have to be able to see who you are so we can talk with you and then drop your cursor down. So what we're going to do now is to write some descriptive sentences. 
Imagine that you were writing a story and in the story there were some wolves and we can see here the wolves are howling, but you could write a description of the wolf's ears, their paws, their claws, their eyes, their teeth, their noses sniffing the scent. So I'm going to write a descriptive sentence up as if it was part of a story. The white wolf, um, the white wolf opened its uh, jaws. Double check. Keep keep rereading it aloud because that's how you hear whether it's working. The white wolf opened its jaws and uh, and revealed revealed um, uh, revealed um, and revealed its teeth. Uh, it's da it's teeth like daggers. It's dagger teeth. It's teeth like daggers. Yeah, icicles, daggers, like daggers. I think its teeth as sharp as sh as tough as tough as diamond daggers. Because diamond is one of the hardest, if not the hardest, material that there is. Now reread it. Double check. It says what I wanted to say. The white wolf opened its jaws and revealed its teeth as tough as diamond daggers. I love it. And I'm really pleased with that alliteration. The diamond. I've written diamond diggers, for goodness sake. Diamond daggers. It's got an A in it there. OK, I've double checked it. I'm ready to rock and roll. I click elsewhere and it says awaiting approval. And what happens at this point uh, in the radio show, Russell, we usually have a bit of a musical interlude of some sort, possibly one or two shout outs to anyone who's got in touch with us. And uh, everybody is now writing their descriptive sentences and Deputy Mitchell is double checking them before they go up. Over to you, Russell. Thanks, Pi. Uh, listeners, if you want to get in contact with us on Twitter, we are at Radio Blogging. It's so simple. You can drop us an email again, Radio blogging at gmail.com or you can fill in the contact us page on the website if you don't have any of those handy to you we'd love to give you a shout out we've got some listeners here um i know i've got uh, some listeners in the states but i haven't had any messages from you so do let us know but if you're listening in north carolina let us know uh that your town what's happening with you and if you're enjoying the show and what you're getting from it'd be really good this has become our most favorite and most most requested track. It's sensational and we just love it. Welcome to Radio Blogging, daily shows with interactive activities to keep everyone busy and engaged. Brought to you by Pi Corbett, David Mitchell, Ian Rocky, and Russell Prue. Just listen and blog. It's live, fun, and interactive. And with new educational tasks every day, just head over to radioblogging.net to listen and find out more. And it's just coming up to 21 minutes to 12. If you're listening in uh, the right-hand side of the United States, that's the, oh my goodness, Eastern Daylight Time. It's just coming up to 12 midday, uh, a little earlier in the morning for you if you're listening on uh, Pacific Time as well. Uh, good afternoon, good morning to you all. Thank you so much. This is part of the show where we read out some shout-outs. And, of course, lots of you are being very shy today. Of course, uh, we're new, and we kind of expected that. But we know that we've got Rachel all listening. And thank you so much indeed, Rachel. Love 
lovely uh, tweet there as uh, as well from you. Just really, really kind. And Kim McCalmont is also listening here as well. And thank you so much. We really do appreciate that. I also saw uh, someone else just on my list just a couple of seconds ago, which I thought was really good, James Carter. Now, he's a poet and he's been on the show lots of times. Would like to be on a few more times, I think. And we've noted that support, James. So thank you so much. Uh, Principal Rocky, what have you got for us? Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, got some shout outs over here. Don't forget, you can get in touch in many, many different ways uh, this evening, this afternoon, or even this morning on radioblogging.net. Uh, you can go to the very top of the homepage uh, and you can click on contact us. On that page, there is a Padlet in very much the same way that we've just done with the Wolves. Um, you can click on the Padlet. You can leave your message. Uh, Deputy Mitchell will approve it and then it will be appearing in front of me as if by magic and I can read out the shout outs and messages as I'm about to do here. Uh, Sachi, hello, regular listener from our uh, our morning UK show. Thank you so much. I love America, so I am joining Sachin as well. Shout out to my cousin Ashwathi in the US, California. Hope I pronounced that correctly. Can't wait for your American show. Sammy is listening from Dallas. Uh, hello and welcome to the show. I have family living in London. Well, thank you so much for joining this very first special show this evening here in the United Kingdom. And Daisy, I'm from America near Atlanta, but I now live in Manchester. Hi, everyone. Well, hi to you as well, Daisy. You can also email the show. Uh, by emailing, as Russell said earlier, radioblogging at gmail.com. That, mess- uh, that email address again, radioblogging at gmail.com. Nice and simple. Comes through here to us in the studio and we can read out your messages. Claire Kilgore and the Kilgore family are excited to come to America. Good evening, Claire. Hello and thank you for listening this evening. Huge shout out from Bethany and all of us to Nola and her family who are in New York fabulous and this is what live education radio can do bring people together we've been doing it in the united kingdom and we are very proud now to be doing this in the united states as well sachi says are we allowed to write on the padlet padlet i beg your pardon during the america show absolutely jump on in join in with what we're doing this evening claire uh, all of the people in america this is very kind all of the people in america that have tuned in we will give you the wonderful present of radio blogging. Claire, that is incredibly kind of you as well. And there is a third way you can get in touch with us this evening. So we've got email, we've got the contact padlet. We've also got comments. If you look at the bottom of the radio blogging USA page, which is USA Wolf Brother Thursday, you can see comments. Just type in the box. Uh, where it says comment, hit the submit comment button. Deputy Mitchell will uh, approve that or myself. We've both got the capability to do that. And it will appear on the page. Izzy from Stonewood Woodford School, super excited for the American show. Bethany, huge shout out from Bethany, all the Kilgores for Beth's Godmother. Know that in New York, thank you so much. Sashin, Michelle Paver, Yahoo. I know big Yahoo for that. Sachi, hello, America. Uh, Sophie, super excited. I was going to America this year. However, we are not going now. I know, but you know what? Let's enjoy this special usa show izzy hello good evening to you stone with woodford school can i have a shout out for all the key workers you so can and toby shout out to everyone in america in the united kingdom here this evening it is 17 minutes to seven o'clock if you're listening in pacific time it is 17 minutes to 11 and if you're listening eastern time it is 17 minutes to 2 p.m Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is radioblogging.net on Thursday, the 7th of May. It's time to hand back to Pi Corbett. Ah, that's great, fantastic. I, as I was sitting listening, I was remembering the time I went to 
America and drove across. I went across Route 66. Uh, we flew into Chicago where it starts. We hired a huge yellow uh, open-topped Mustang and drove right across. It was a fantastic journey. And halfway across, we arrived. There, there's a big sign halfway, literally halfway across. And we pulled into a car park. And this says everything uh, for me about the whole trip. We pulled into a car park and the diner was closed. And we both sat there, two of us. Uh, we both sat there and thought, well, you know, we're not going to get any food tonight. What are we going to do? And a woman came running out of the diner and she came dashing over and said, you guys, are you hungry? It was closed. She didn't know us at all. And we're not used to this sort of generosity over here. But we found that the American people in all the little towns and the villages that we went through, we found enormous openness and welcome. And she, we went inside and I found my diary. I went and looked this afternoon and I had a cold Coca-Cola. Other brands are available. A cold Coke and a slice. It was actually a, a slice of coconut pie halfway across America. Absolutely delicious. And the other place that I went to that really sticks in my mind, and, and some of you, if you're in America, you will surely know of Ted Drew's custard, uh, frozen custard factory in St. Louis. I remember queuing up there to get my frozen custard. Those of you over here, it's a little bit like ice cream, I suppose. Absolutely delicious. So I'm looking back at the Padlet. We've got lots going on here. We've got Mrs. Shales there. Plenty of howls pierce the silence of the evening. Love it, Mrs. Shales. Frank, in the fading sunlight, the wolf's fur glistened brightly. Sash, the long howl of the wolves pierced the dark, silent forest air like a thunderclap in a storm. Sachin, the dagger teeth of the wolves stabbed into the thick slush. Their ebony noses sniffed frantically as the pack scanned the forest for life. Dun, 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 dun. That's leading me nicely, Sachin, into a story. Mrs. V, I love the description used in the story. What is the age range for this book series? Well, I would say that if you've got um, uh, somebody who's seven or eight years old and likes being read to or nine years old, it's a lovely bedtime story. But certainly I would have thought that 10, 11, 12 year olds could tuck their noses into it. But it's always nice to have a bedtime story. So uh, I'd stick with that. Lorraine, the wolf's translucent eyes pierce my soul as if it could see right through me. That sounds very ominous, Lorraine. Penny, silently the spot crept towards the alpha cautiously oh penny you know more about wolves than i do i do know there are alpha males but the spot is something i'll need to look up is he the wolf's fur makes it camouflage in with the snow you're absolutely right there zach the fur of the white wolf stood out sharply against the inky black of the forest nice contrast there zach well done Jeremy, silently, the wolves crept stealthily across the snow, across the crisp and crunchy snow. I'm loving that little crisp and crunchy because it sounds like the crisp, crunchy snow as you walk in it. But Jeremy, be strict with yourselves. What do we need after an adverb at the front of the sentence? Yes, we need that little um, uh, uh, comma popped in there. Bethany, the wolf's fur ruffled in the light midnight breeze that was sweeping the forest. That sounds like the opening line of a story, Bethany. Lovely, lovely work. And Mr. Sands from Tadcaster in the UK, framed by sharp yellow teeth, saliva fell from the wolf's long pink 
tongue hanging from its open jaws. I tell you what, that would be a cracking start to a story as well. Remember, folks, that you have to go to the top of the page and refresh every now and then uh, so that any new ones can be added in. Well, we're moving at quite a pace uh, through this, and I think it's time we went to Comments Corner. So underneath that padlet, folks, there's an orange box that says Comments Corner. And this is where, um, David, can you just talk it through for anyone who's new to this? Yes, I can. Um, we've got uh, in Comments Corner, so just for anyone, for anyone that's just joined um, and listening through the player, just to make sure that we're on the right page, you'll see a big button on the homepage that says Radio Blogging USA. You, you click on that and it'll take you to the Today's Show page. And if you scroll down, we are in the, inside the button that says Comments Corner. And once you're in Comments Corner, you will see what we call a live writing window. And this is using some technology called Jotcast. So if any teachers are listening, it's a great tool to use in a school um, or you can use it uh, at times in the evenings or when schools are closed like we are doing and I can control this window from my computer here so anything that's written into this window is checked by me first so I get to see that so that's the same for all the parts of the blog that we've got here nothing can get on this blog without myself or Ian and John approving these first. So it's totally safe. Now, what you can see uh, in this writing window, you can see my name there. It says David Mitchell. It says, please find your name box at the bottom of this window and add your first name only. Then wait for the instructions from David and Pi. And underneath there, you will see a picture of a wolf howling. Now, if you are in a school, sometimes the pictures we put in here might be filtered out that they, we, you can't see them because the school's filtering, the internet filter has uh, stopped it from being displayed. So I have underneath the writing window, I have put the picture there as well. So you should be able to see it there. Um, and this is the image we're going to use to create some sentences for writing. And you'll when you're prompted to by you'll see there's a box underneath where we will want you to write your sentences. They will come through to me and I will post them in and we'll keep, we'll see them coming up live for Pi to comment on and to, to talk through how we can make our writing even better. So Pi, over to you. Okay, so we've got, uh, thanks David. We've got, just before we go, David, if I, I don't think we've mentioned the globe and I do like doing that. If you scroll down the bottom of the page, you can see a globe whirling around, which tells us where some of our visitors are. And below that, there's an enormous list of all the countries. I love going and looking at that. OK, back up the top. So USA special, uh, the wolf of. So the idea is we've got a picture there of that, of the wolf. And we're going to create a sort of long poem with everybody joining in. Um, so if I type in my name, so I put in just pi, then just below that into the box. So I'm now going to type in, and this is the pattern, folks, the wolf of. Now, what should we have? The wolf of destiny, the wolf of imagination, the wolf of creativity, the wolf of time. So I could do something abstract like that, or I could do something concrete, a real thing like the wolf of trees or the wolf of forests or the wolf of stones. I'm going to have a wolf of stones, the wolf of stones, comma, the wolf of stones. So I've now got to think of an idea and preferably something that goes a bit with stones, um, the wolf of stones. So it's really going to have to do some thinking about this one, the wolf of stones. So stones could be to do with um, 
uh, to do with mountains. So I am the wolf of stones. I'm going to add that in at the beginning. I am the wolf of stones, comma. Now, what am I doing? I need an ing word, a verb. I am the wolf of stones waiting at the waiting at the edge of the of the cliff of the cliff full stop i am the wolf of stones waiting at the edge of the cliff i'm sending that one in i'm going to do another one i am the wolf of um this time i'm going to have i'm i am the wolf of leaves um i am the wolf of leaves comma and i need an ing verb uh, dressed dressed in green uh, dressed, dressed in green full stop send I've done two now mine are coming out oh Jeremy's got one in I am the wolf of night stealthily stalking my prey Jeremy I love that touch of alliteration it draws my eye and my ear to it Sachin I am the wolf of branches stalking the forest now that's interesting David because we both of them have used the word oh. stalking and when you get uh, that happening it often means that we've gone for the most obvious word so one of the nice things about this is that you can actually um, so Jeremy or Sachin either of you could redo that sentence uh, uh, in order to avoid the stalking idea it means it's a bit of a cliche Sachin's come up again I'm the wolf of heat burning the earth I like the way Sachin you've you've got the heat and it's burning the earth I wonder if you could just tweak it a little bit more, extend it a bit, Sachin. Rachel, thank you very much, Rachel. I am the wolf of silence, comma. We need a comma in there, Rachel. Waiting to shatter the peace. Absolutely. What a great line. Frank, I am the wolf of the undergrowth, foraging deeply in the snow. Fantastic one, um, Frank. Um, loving that idea of the foraging. When an animal forages, it's looking for something. Great one. Uh, do do two three or four of these folks i'm the wolf of melted hopes love that idea bethany such a good idea never read that before lurking in the shadows and waiting for a hope to pass me i want to mug it until it is nothing dot 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 mrs mccalmont um i'm the wolf of yesterday pacing through the darkness sachi i'm the wolf of snow disturbing the earthy peace uh, it's an interesting one there, Sashi. Is it earthy peace or earth's peace? Just try, always say it aloud to yourself. Listen for the different possibilities I and mean, choose which you think sounds fast, uh, most powerful. I'm the wolf of the enchanted forest. I love that one. I'm the wolf of the ch enchanted forest. Comma. You could stretch that out now. What you need, Izzy, is after forest, get in a comma and then extend the sentence. So you need an ing verb, a verb. What's it doing, the wolf of the enchanted forest? You could have it prowling, for instance. Prowling, da 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 da. Mr. Sands has come in with, I'm the wolf of hunger, howling a warning to my prey. Love it. Sash, I'm the wolf of terror, pounding the ground, hunting my prey. Thomas G, I'm the wolf of the kingdom, calling to my world. I love the idea of calling to my world. And you've got the kingdom and the calling. Touch of alliteration, Thomas, linking the two sections together. Bethany, I'm the wolf of protest emerging from the destruction and yelping for them to stop ruining my habitat. Nice one. Rachel, I'm the wolf of tomorrow, never looking back at the past. Yeah, absolutely, Rachel. And we've got something now coming in. Uh, Earth's peace, sorry. So what we've got there is Sachi coming in with a tweak, an edit to... 
her writing and David commenting on that because uh, you can, of course, comment on each other's. And David saying, great, thanks, Sachi. Nice piece of editing. Absolutely. Mrs. McCalman, I'm the wolf of the storm lashing the night with fury. Sachin, I'm the wolf of timber awaiting terror. And, he, you know, and the terror would be being chopped. I wonder if we can play with that a bit, Sachin. Can I push you? The terror is being chopped. What would you be chopped with? Either, a, a, I think, an axe. So you could use the idea of the axe. I'm the wolf of timber. And then use the axe because that's what the the timber is afraid of. The bite of the axe, the jaw of the axe, the clash of the I don't know. Play with it. Bethany, I'm the wolf of present, enjoying today and, to, today and never longing for more. Yes, we've talked a lot about that on this show, about being uh, happy with the simple things that we've got and happy with our creativity sashi apostrophe sorry again yeah absolutely and mr mitchell coming back and say now write it back out with the word you want in the apostrophe great well done you spotted that fantastic mr sands i'm the wolf of loneliness yearning for a mate um yeah of course they work in packs um uh, but I, there must be contact between the packs as well um connie i'm the wolf of the sunset casting a shadow as tall as a tower love that little image in there connie you're really really thinking sashi i'm the wolf of snow disturbing the earth's peace absolutely spot on there uh, that's looking great now sashi i am the wolf of snow or i suppose you could go i am the snow wolf disturbing the earth's peace either way around sashi up to you that folks is using the jotcast where you get an instant response back time now and uh to pop out of that one we come back because we have to now i think russell get on to michelle paver's interview she gave us did she not a beautiful interview now during the interview folks you could go back to comments corner and add in some other ideas. You could add to the main padlet with the wolf description or go back to the Michelle Paver response padlet and added a response to her interview. This is fascinating, Russell, I think, because she talks a lot about the research that she does before she gets into the books. Amazing. Absolutely. You have pulled me into this world in just a couple of lines. You are very talented. My goodness. May I ask, um, how did you create the world that this is set in? What did you do to start that process? Well, of course, I did read a lot about the Stone Age um, because I needed to find out about how they lived and as much as we know. But that didn't really help me get into what they believed and how they thought. So for that, I thought, well, I can't talk to real Stone Age people. So I did the next best thing. And I went up to the Arctic and I talked to the Inuit people, people who live, still live, some of them in traditional ways. So the Inuit, we used to call them Eskimos. They live on seal and whale, um, and some of them on reindeer. And the Sami um, in, in Lapland who, who herd reindeer, and some of the American Native Americans in the, the northwest of America. And that was when I really started getting a feel for what it's like to be a hunter-gatherer, which is what Torak and Wren are. You know, everything they need for survival, they've got to find or make from what's just around them in the forest. And I lived near Wimbledon in Common. And, you know, sometimes on a, on a cold, wintry day, I go out there and I think, my goodness, if I was Torak and Wren, I'd need to make food and weapons and clothes and shelter all from animals and trees. You know, I don't think I'd last very long, but, but they do. Wow. And I wonder about the research around the wolves 
uh, how did you go about finding about the behavior and the um and all the nuances around that well you see wolf in the story i mean i try to make him as real as possible you know i make the whole book as real as i can and because i want the reader to feel that they're actually living the adventure with torak and, and ren and wolf and so I, I didn't want him to be a sort of cartoony wolf i wanted to be him to be as real as possible so again i, I read about behavior and and the, the fact that you know wolves can smell thousands of times better than we can um and their hearing is pretty good as well but of course i had to meet some wolves to, to really get their characters. And so I went to somewhere called the UK Wolf Conservation Trust, which funnily enough is only about half an hour's train ride out of London. So it's very convenient. And the wolves there, um, they're not wild because it's pretty difficult to get close to a wild wolf, but they're not completely tame either. Uh, you can't tame a wolf. They're not like dogs. So I had to obey wolf good manners, shall we say. I mean, in the books, Torak can actually speak wolf uh, for reasons you find out in the earlier books, but I can't. Um, but I do know how to approach a wolf, you know, and not offended. Um, and, you know, talking softly because they can tell a lot from your voice and uh, not sort of looming over them because that's quite bad manners. That's kind of saying, I want to boss you around. But equally, not sort of crawling underneath them because that's saying, oh, you can boss me around. And you don't really want to be bossed around by a wolf. You know, that's, that's a bit disconcerting. Sort of approach them politely and, and they can tell a lot from you. You know, I think they could tell that I wasn't scared. And so they came up to me and we became quite good friends. I became friends with some of them and uh, particularly the, the ones who were little cubs. When I got to know them, there was one they called Torak after um, my hero. And I, I bottle fed Torak when he was a cub. And just in case you haven't ever handled wolf cubs, they are incredibly cute and completely impossible because they just chew everything. And even when they're little, their jaws are, are quite strong. Um, but, you know, that was, it was meeting Torak, particularly the wolf, that is, uh, and his, his sisters, and growing up with them, as it were, that, that really helped me get their character, because they're all different. You know, the, the one wolf loves chewing ice, another one loves sliding around on ice. You know, when the pond was frozen, they love sliding around like they're skating. Another one I saw, um, she used to, she was quite fastidious, so she would sort of clean her teeth um, using a bit of bramble, you know, blackberry branch with all the, well, the thorns on that help get all the bits of, of meat out between her teeth. So they're all different. Um, and they're, they're quite different from dogs. You know, I mean, I love dogs, but talking to dogs is a bit like talking to babies compared to a wolf. Mm -hmm. You know, there's big golden eyes. They've, there's a real something that stares back at you. Mm. I, I met, thank you so much. The incredibly detailed answer, just delightful. Um, you probably amass all your ideas in some form of sketchbook or notebook. M may I just delve inside that for a moment and ask what things you note? What do you notice around you? Well, that's a great question because when I'm, you know, wherever I am in the Arctic or on in Siberia for Viper's daughter, you know, looking at a mammoth tusk sticking out of a, a riverbed or something, um, I. I'm trying to take in everything. So I, I never use a camera, for example, or very rarely just for publicity shots. I, I'm writing down what things sound like, um, the, the smell of, you know, the, the, the forest or um, the sound of a snowy owl um, as it lifts off from its perch or something. Um, I, I'm taking down what things feel like. 
And it's all being jotted down in the little notebook. I usually, when I'm in the Arctic, I take a, a waterproof notebook. They're really good, actually, because quite often I've been, I mean, like when I was in an ice cave under a glacier for Viper's daughter, it was wet in there. It was dripping, you know, off the glacier on top of me. So I needed to have waterproof notebooks. I'm just jotting down little sort of key words or impressions any, and sometimes ideas because I'm getting ideas for the story as I'm there because I've got my characters with me in my head. Uh, and then when I get back to wherever I'm staying, I mean, if for Viper's daughter, I was staying on an icebreaker because we were in outer Siberia, then I would copy down what I'd written. Um, I'm afraid I'm a bit old fashioned. I don't take a, um, a laptop with me. Um, so I just jot it, write it down a little bit more in full in a, in a longhand notebook. And then it sounds a bit laborious, but it works. I then I go home and then I, I have a, I do have a computer at home um, and then I type it up. So it goes through a number of stages and that really helps because, you know, I've just got the impressions to begin with out in, you know, wherever I am swimming with killer whales or, you know, whatever. And then I'm, I'm writing it up and that's giving me more ideas for how that might be used in the story amazing i wasn't expecting the laptop in there i was all perfectly set up for just to hear well, <laughs> well i use an ink pen and i take my own ink and and it's all very, it's just gorgeous just listening to your answers it's amazing i i, well, I just you, really have opened up a really interesting world for me and i hope our listeners too thank you so much indeed for joining us and being part of our very special experience michelle paver thank you for joining us great pleasure thank you Hi, my name is Peter Bundle, and you are listening to radioblogging.net. I love that, Russell. I thought that was fantastic. And, and one of the things that it, it really says, and we've had this with the other authors and, and, and the poets, is that in school, people often get rushed into writing a story. And the truth is, there isn't really a story there. And what we found from talking to our authors is they often do a lot of research. Um, I remember Frank Cottrell Boyce telling us about how he spent, um, if he was going to do a story with a robot in it, he would create a sort of scrapbook. He'd get information, stick things in. And other authors have talked about how they would read around the subject or they would read other books in the same vein. So that idea of doing a lot of research. So when you sit down to write, you've got thoughts, you've got information, little triggers inside your mind. Really important, I think. Um, have you got any uh, shout outs or uh, before we move on, Russell? I don't have anything. Our audience in America very shy today. I'd love to know uh, mm. if you were listening in America, folks. But Ian has a few as well. Um, I have nothing on Twitter, unfortunately. Ian, what have you got for us? Thank you, Russell, very much indeed. Mrs. McCalmont says, great to hear that some of my class are listening. I have several mm. friends in the USA. They will love to hear this program. They certainly will. Thank you so much for getting in touch with us this evening. Got a couple of texts as well, uh, which says, please, team, would you give an enormous shout out to all our American friends whom we have linked up with in the past via our educational radio blogging. We miss you all from Alice May and everyone at Westwood with Iford Primary School mm. here in the UK. What a great concept. Thank you very much. And so looking forward to your link up live tonight with the USA mm. on the email. Don't forget, you can email us radioblogging at gmail.com. 
we've heard from our very good friend Lorraine Harrison who says lovely to hear from our friends in the USA tonight the power of writing is global welcome to them all and it absolutely is and so is the power of course of education radio which is why this is such a wonderful combination because we are broadcasting live across the planet at seven minutes past uh, seven minutes past seven UK British summertime which of course in the USA is seven minutes past 11 Pacific time it is seven minutes past one central time and it is seven minutes past two eastern time welcome one and all but for now back to pi corbett okay now i'm looking forward to this next bit we've used the jock cast which is a really good tool because you get instant feedback i love that there's a sense of excitement when we do that uh, now if you are on the uh, main page you can see just below comments corner it says things to do where i live click on that and this is your big blog task. And all it is, is literally a list of things to do where I live. And the reason I'll read mine out in a moment, which you can see on the page there. The reason why I did this, I think it would be really interesting for us in the UK to um, receive some blog posts uh, about the sorts of things that you get up to in other parts of the world. So I've got my model, my example. And then if you scroll down just below it, you can see where you put yours. Uh, so it says write the title of your blog post here. Well, put the title in and your name. And then just below that, there's a bigger box which says write your next chapter. It doesn't mean chapter. What it actually means is write your blog post in there. And then we need underneath that your first name, school's name, uh, consent, and then submit right down at the bottom. And what happens is all of these then get read by our moderators. So it, um, they're double checked. And we have a team of teachers who look at these. Uh, and in order to see them in the future, if you go right to the top of the page, there's a little uh, orange box there which says listeners posts. And you can see thousands in there of bits of writing poems, bits of information, stories, all there. So in order to write mine, I made a list of all the things that you can do where I live. And I have brought it alive, hopefully, by mentioning specific places, naming things. I'll read you mine. And then that's your challenge. I and mean, we've got a couple of other things which I'm looking forward to introducing you to. Uh, and then we will be at the end of the show. Things to do where I live. You can watch red kites fly over Minchinhampton Common. Catch a glimpse of gold-crested wrens and pigeons roosting at dusk. You can skim stones on the Stroud Canal, swing over a rope swing at Chalford, but don't fall in, it's deep. You can buy Winston's ice cream in a cone from the van, park near Amberley and eat frozen stars. You can visit the farmer's market on Saturday and buy doughnuts frosted with icing. You can swim on a hot day at Stratford Park and splash sunlight. You can cross the River Severn and look for wild boar in the Forest of Dean. You can stand in Selsey Church and watch the sunlight glow through the stained glass windows, casting coloured shadows 
feeling the cool of stone. You can buy fresh warm bread from Hobbs House Bakery and eat it warm with sausage, hot sausage roll. You can hit the cycle track and speed along the canal. You can go to the cinema, eat popcorn, slurp lemonade and then go upstairs to the bowling alley. You can watch the sun slip over the distant hills like a great red coin. All this we have done and all of this we will do again. So that's my list of fantastic things that you can do around here where I live. I live a bit like Ian, the professor. I live in the countryside uh, and I know that the vast areas of America that are um, uh, are countryside as well as huge cities and towns. So it'd be great to capture where you live, whether you live in America or Australia or in Europe, capture that, blog it, fascinating for us to read. We're almost at the end of the show. One of the things we have on our show is an author like Michel Faber. Often we have uh, great uh, poets. And one of the poets that we really enjoy, one of our favorites, if not the favorite poem actually, is Brian Moses. And Brian um, was out uh, uh, one day and saw somebody walking along with an iguana on a little uh, on a little lead as if it was a dog and he wrote this amazing poem called walking my iguana here we go walking with my iguana I'm walking with my iguana. I'm walking with my iguana. When the temperature rises to above 85, my iguana is looking like he's coming alive. So we make it to the beach, my iguana and me. Then he sits on my shoulder as we stroll by the sea. And I'm walking with my iguana. I'm walking with my iguana. Well, if anyone sees us, we're a big surprise. My iguana and me on our daily exercise. Till somebody phones the local police and says I have an alligator tied to a leash. When I'm walking with my iguana. I'm walking with my, 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 my iguana. It's the spines on his back that make him look grim, but he just loves to be tickled under his chin. And I know that my iguana is ready for bed when he puts on his pajamas and lays down his sleepy head. And I'm walking with my iguana. Still walking with my iguana. With my iguana. And my piranha, and my chihuahua, and my chinchilla, with my gorilla, my caterpillar, and I'm walking with my iguana. Hi, I'm Sue Hardy Dawson, I'm a children's poet, and you're listening to radioblogging.net. 
Ah, thanks, Sue, as well. Another poet we've had on there. Brian, absolutely love that. It's one most requested uh, piece of poetry reading, Walking with My Iguana. Absolutely love that. I want to say hello again to uh, Rachel. Thanks so much for the brilliant posts that you, you've been making this afternoon. Really appreciate that. To Simon Pobble, who is uh, joining us after Bath Time Madness. Now, I don't I have more questions, of course, Simon. We so do. Listeners need to know more. You can't just leave us with that piece of information. Ian, what have you got finally on the shout out? Thank you very much indeed, Russell. The time uh, coming up to exactly a quarter past one central time for our USA special uh, this afternoon and this evening here on radioblogging.net. Bethany, thank you for getting in touch. Everyone in America that is on, well done. Thank you so much indeed. Sophie, can I have my second shout out today? You absolutely can. Lorraine, so good to welcome USA to radio blogging. Sharing writing is so exciting. Thank you very much indeed for getting in touch. Uh, That's all the shout outs from me. Thank you to everybody who's got involved with the uh, show this evening and this afternoon uh back now to pi corbett okay the very last thing that we always do is offer an opportunity to our young listeners to record a performance which we can then play on the next show uh if you remember at the very very beginning we heard from um who did we hear from eliza and finley who were pretending to be the world experts on wolves and they were being um, uh, they were being interviewed and they had to go and do some research to that, find out about wolves and then get into the right vein and talk like an expert. Packs live harmoniously. I remember that was a lovely bit that Finley came out. So what we do is under comments corner, you've got things to do where I live. I think that's going to be fascinating to read those. And then you've got extension task. And all we do is we click on extension task and it opens up with uh, a poem. And this poem builds on the work that we were doing in the Jockcast. And I wanted you to hear um, the I'm walking with my iguana, because if you get that rhythm inside um, your head, it's going to help us with this, because let's see if we can get a really good rhythmic um, reading going uh, with this one. So um, <laughs> poor old Russell is quaky because he's thinking, oh, no, the drums are coming out. This is not going to be good news for me at all. So if you're going to make a, a rhythmic beat, it must be at about the same sound volume as your voice or it's really hard with the recording um, and um, we won't be able to play it. So keep it fairly muted. I'll read mine and I'll, I'll put in a little bit of a rhythm for you. Wolf poem. I am the wolf of darkness prowling through the forest. I am the wolf of clouds lost in the deepening mist. I am the wolf of sunlight tracking the edge of dawn. I am the wolf of gardens where roses all have thorns. I am the wolf of blue swimming across the sky. I am the wolf of pain lost to a lover's lie. I'm the wolf of stones, still as a mountain peak. I'm the wolf of snow, a frosted fur mystique. I'm the wolf of a city, the streets are as cold as bones. So I've just put a little gentle rhythmic um, clap in there, but kept it fairly muted so that when it's recorded, it doesn't send the sound levels all over the place. You could do body percussion, so claps or taps, or clicks, or stamps to add a little rhythm in, or you could add a little rhythmic chorus. The chorus doesn't have to rhyme, it just has to have rhythm. 
I'll just have a little bit of a go at doing that to model it for you. I'm the wolf of darkness prowling through the forest. I am the wolf. I am the wolf. I'm the wolf of clouds lost in the deepening mist. I am the wolf. I am the wolf. And on you go. So you could just invent a little chorusy bit with some repetition and some rhythm in it. And bingo, you are in business. Now, in order to record this, uh, you've got the usual write the title of your blog post here. And we need your name, of course. Then you write your blog post. But if you go down the bottom of the page under all of that that you have to fill in, there is a bit that talks about creating your own audio post-it note. And this is where you record what you uh, have written uh david can you just talk that very briefly through for us yes of course i can um we have uh, that padlet at the bottom it is there for you to record your audio and there's loads on there already so one piece of advice we can give you is go and have a listen to some others and then you get an idea of what we're looking for but once you finish your blog post and you've practiced it there is a player just under the form where you submit your blog post where it gives you instructions on how to do it it's really simple um, you follow those instructions and then you can practice and listen back to your performance and when you are happy you can click submit and that comes through we listen to it and then we can put it on the padlet and what we would love to do is russell take some of those examples add some jingles and uh, we can use them here uh, in the uk for our next show um, where you'll be able to listen to them as well because everyone can listen all over but we love that we love finishing off with some of these uh, audio padlets and performances don't we Pi? that's great yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. And it means that your voice can be part of the radio. You can be on the radio. And remember, um, that little globy thing down the bottom and all those flags, I mean, that's well over 100 different countries we have visitors from. So I love this idea, Russell, that um, children can be involved in posting their blogs. They can be involved in this. And it's a world community that comes together because we believe that creativity, making things up, is really important, particularly at these times that we share and we come together as a community. I've had a great session today, really enjoyed being with uh, uh, um, uh, reaching out over the Atlantic um, and seeing in my head that that huge yellow Mustang. That was such a good thing to do. Drive across America. Um, I've enjoyed today. We had a real blast. Back to you, Russell. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, anything else from you, Ian, Principal Rocky? Anything at all? Anything last? No, not at all. It's been an absolute pleasure this evening. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for listening this evening to Radio Blog and our USA special. But no, no more messages from me. Uh, Russell, back to you to close Thank the show. Thank you so much indeed. Uh, me handing over to Deputy Mitchell. A final words from you, David? What a great show. It's been brilliant. I, I've, I don't know if I've got jet lag. Um, I'm not sure what time of day it is now. Um, but it, <laughs> jot, it's jot been lag. You've got blast. jot lag. <laughs> yes, a blog lag. <laughs> um, but yes, it's been brilliant. And uh, we're big, big fans of, uh, of of America. It's been great to, um, you know, to broadcast over there. So it's been brilliant. Over to you, Russell. Thank you very much indeed. Listeners, thanks very much for joining us wherever you are listening today. Uh, we'd love more listeners from America. And if you want to listen, then you can listen to the whole show again. What we do is we take the whole show, package it up, pop it onto the website so that you can enjoy all of our writing tasks and listen again 24-7. You could have us on 
repeat forever wouldn't that be nice wherever you are listening in the world stay safe protect your family do everything you can possibly uh, so we can get through this crisis at the moment we are all in this together thanks so much for listening it's been a radio blogging show and have a lovely weekend take care wherever you are yo yo what up this is lunch money lewis hey i'm john newman hey what's up this is fergie ferg a children's radio blogging show broadcast into homes and schools across the world join Pi corbett russell prue ian rocky and david mitchell live each weekday at 9 30 a.m online radio live blogging this is radioblogging.net